What's up guys, this is Corey Baker from Baker Forge and Tool. In my business, we do tons of heavy grinding every single day, and we needed a grinder that could take abuse and keep on trucking without slowing down billet production. The Ameri Braid Variable Speed 2x72 is just that. All heavy duty parts and framing with well thought out accessories that are easy to use and not bogged down with lots of tiny parts. By far the best accessory item that Ameribraid sells is their surface grinding attachment. It is absolutely foolproof and the best in the industry. With quick release magnet system, there is no prying your workpiece off the platen. Very fast to slap a billet or a knife onto the table, engage magnets, and start surfacing with precise increments. On top of all of this, their customer support is outstanding. Eric and Kevin are always available and fast to help with any situation. If you're in the market for a top-of-the-line grinder or maybe just an accessory to add to your existing setup, go to Ameribraid.com and use the code HUSTLE100 for 100 bucks off any grinder package. All right, next up, the Hustle & Grind Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Hustle and Grind podcast. I'm your host, Noah, from Inuit River Forge. With me, as always, is your host, Ryan Coakley from Ryan Chadbourne Knife Works. What's Hello. up, buddy? Hey. So we are doing a two-man show today. Normally, we do a guest on this episode. If this is the first episode ever you're listening to, and by episode, I, of course, mean show. Uh, we had some technical difficulties. We had a great show we were going to bring to you guys, but man, the audio just just was not working out. So today, you just get me and Ryan. So uh, we're going to try and reschedule that guest that we had. It was a fantastic show, and we really want to uh, to to give that to you guys because it was some great conversation. So, but today, me and Ryan, we're just going to be here BSing, talking about uh, talking about knives, talking about whatever, doing some silly voices, and uh, that. That's what you get this week, Ryan. What you what you been doing this week? Um, so like, uh, I don't know. How, I don't. I wasn't gonna talk about it on the show, but this summer has been excruciatingly slow for me. Oh, like your and, like your knife business? Yeah, but it's not like. Been but in the somehow, yeah, in the hammock, and somehow I'm still behind, which is weird. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but so some shit went down at my day job. I was working two days a week and now I'm going to be working four days a week. And I felt like that was a step in the wrong direction. Like I was really fighting it. And I, but I mean, well, you is, mentioned this to me earlier in the week. Um, <laughs> I, he had uh, Ryan sent me a message telling me that this was the case. And I. I referred to it not as a step forward or a step backward, but more like a sine wave because life moves in different ways. And sometimes there are definite steps forward and sometimes there are definite steps backwards. But I feel like it's just sort of a sine wave where things move up and down, in and out. And you, you can't necessarily, it's like that old, uh, there was that proverb. I have no memory um, beyond the last five seconds, but essentially it was, you know, like something bad happened to this guy. And everyone comes to him and they say, oh, that was so awful that this happened. And he goes, no, it wasn't good or it wasn't bad. It just happened. And we'll see what the outcome is. And then like another bad thing happens and it goes on and it goes on until at the very end, the result of all these bad things was something that was essentially very, very good. And 
looking at things as either good or bad. And I don't buy into the whole premise of the proverb necessarily, but, you know, looking at things as either good or bad is not necessarily the right way to do it, but just part of the process that is going to eventually lead you to your end goal. Yeah, I just, uh, I had to like realize how stupid I was being. In what way? Because like thinking it's a step back, a real step back would be not to recognize that like I'm doing, I, everything I do is to move forward, not to stand still. And so I can always go back down once shit gets busy. My boss, I have the absolute, like before I left, we had a little beef where I was mad at him over some dumb shit and retro. I'm not a kind of guy that cannot admit when he was wrong. Um, and, but I have the absolute coolest boss in the world. I mean, he is, I have endless amounts of freedom and he fully supports the knife making. So there's a lot to be said for that. When I do get busy again, it's not going to be an issue for me to be like, Hey, I need to take this week off or whatever. He'll be like, Mm -hmm. okay. But the cool part about it is I'm wrenching again. I'm not a paper bitch. That's right, because you were just like basically answering phones and like taking people's dumb questions over the phone and stuff before, right? When you were working two days a week. Yeah, when I came back, because he had already filled my position, and the kid he filled my the kid he filled my position with got fired this morning. Yeah, he sucks. He did it to himself. I may have like you know thrown some gasoline on the fire, but. But it was lit by him. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. We played a joke on him. It wasn't even really a joke, but we like. And he fucking. All right. So he has a time. We got time. Yeah. He he has a landscaping business on the side. Okay. All of us have side businesses. The other mechanic, me, him. And the our slogan is yards and yards of satisfied customers. Okay. His his truck broke down, and so he was tr- using the company truck to do his landscaping when he wasn't supposed to. The boss is like, "No way, dude!" So He's without like, permission, can't. like not insured properly to do what it was doing, that sort of thing. Yeah, and like had it for like a week mm. without permission, and mm. fucking just destroyed the inside of the truck. It was terrible. Jeez. Oh, Anyways. That's technically theft. I mean, taken without permission is technically theft. I called my boss the other day to ask him if I could use the truck because I needed to haul something. He's like, yeah, no problem. So Mm -hmm. I leave an hour before everybody else. I don't take a lunch break. Gotcha. And so I hop in the in the shop truck and take it home. And this he's all right to put it into perspective. He's 21 years old. Just lost his virginity, like super sheltered, spoiled, rich kid. Mm. He's a brat. He's a brat. He calls up the boss and starts bitching him out for loaning me the truck. What? For Yeah. So my boss loaned me his truck that he owns. And this kid started bitching at the boss. That's the one thing you don't get away with. Like we have endless yeah. freedom. But just don't don't bitch out Mike and. Sorry, bub. So was that when your boss found out that he had been using it for that purpose? Yeah. 
oh, so he didn't know up to that point. And then not only did he find out like, oh, hey, oops, like, no, he found out by this kid's entitlement thinking that he can yell at the boss over that. Wow, that's it. That's a level of entitlement not commonly seen. Yeah, that's a that's the, uh, you know, F around at uh, a level eight and then finding out at like a level 10. So slightly above. No, I feel like that's only finding out at like maybe a seven. I don't know, because if you think about it, like that's a lot of effing around and the finding out was only losing his job, like nothing else happened to him. So I feel like it's not like quite the most extreme level of finding out, but right. And he's fine, dude. He still lives with his parents. He has a business on the side. Like, yeah, he's fine. Okay, so it's a pretty low level of finding out, but it's definitely finding out. Yeah, he fucked around and he and he found out. (laughs) So I, I. he uh, he uh we have a group chat and he sent us the screenshots of your boss him, did? F- yeah of him flipping out on him and the first thing he said was why are you using my fucking truck like <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no kidding yeah he's just a punk kid but him getting fired i i digress this is why we have guests on um yeah so that we kind of keep on track yeah but the whole point was he got fired, so now I get my bay back four days a week. Um, the cool part is, after I left, the boss, he was sick and tired of like not having shop tools, so he bought a toolbox and filled it with tools for that bay. So mm. I don't have to. Br- I don't have to bring my tools back in. No way! Really? That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, they have all the tools that you need. It's a big box. Yeah, that's uh. And it's heavy. I was going to say, I, I remember when I when I moved, I moved <coughs> um, 120 miles, 150 miles across the state. And so I had to, luckily, I was able to borrow a uh, a big box van with a Tommy gate. Because otherwise, I don't know how I would have moved my box across the state, dude. Because it's, uh, it's a Matco 4S. So if there's any mechanics listening to that. You know that it's a it's a for the toolboxes that you see in dealerships, it's a medium sized toolbox, but it is not light at no, all. Those, that box is a craftsman box. So empty, I can pick it right up. Right. There ain't no way you're picking up a Matco, a Cornwell or a snap on box that's yeah. empty. They I, I mean, they cost some fucking money. A snap on guy. I was there all week this week because the boss is on vacation. Mm-hmm. So I worked like, I, I don't know, I put in like 47 hours this week. And uh, the Snap-on guy saw me for the first time in a couple months. He's trying to sell me a box. I'm like, Franklin, how much is that one right there? 52 inch wide, like belly height. So whatever that is, four feet, something mm-hmm. like that. And I think it was 24 inches deep. It was 17 grand. Yeah. I was like, no, dude. It's like I drive a thousand dollar car. I'm not fucking was, buying a twelve seventeen thousand dollar toolbox. So that, that's actually kind of a funny thing. Um, uh, so people who don't know, uh, mechanics buy their own tools. So like that's something that like people in other industries don't necessarily understand. So the tools that we have are our own. Um, 
And it's just the way that the industry has developed there. You know, there are certain tools that the shop has, you know, like flush machines or like a cherry picker. Um, obviously, the shop provides the lifts that lift up the cars. Um, when I say cherry picker, I'm talking about an engine hoist, something that pulls engines out of the cars. You know, things like that are shop tools. But transmission tools, jacks. Yeah, transmission yeah. jacks, floor jacks, that sort of stuff. Um, but as far as like a toolbox filled with tools, we're talking ratchets, sockets, any power tools that you want. So I have a uh, Milwaukee powered, you know, three eighths drive, half inch drive. And we're talking multiples of each of these because you need to have everything all the time. Mil- Milwaukee all the way, dude. You know, uh, pressure testers, um, pullers, all, all the stuff that you're going to use every single day is our own that we buy. So yeah. when we, leave a job, we take our toolbox with us. So anytime somebody talks about loading up their box, they're talking about quitting. Um, And I can confidently say that I have never driven a car that when I bought it was worth as much as my toolbox. (laughs) (laughs) It is the most expensive wheeled thing that I own. Uh, My wife has a nicer truck than me. She has, I, I, you know, I love my wife, so she has the nice rig. She carries the kids around, so she has the nicer vehicle with the, you know, a little more safe, a little higher up off the ground. Um, but I've just always driven, you know, crappy cars that I fix. And I don't think I've only bought maybe two or three cars that were running when I bought them. And I've owned, I mean, 20 vehicles at least, maybe more. But yeah, I'm pretty sure I've only had like one or two that, actually were running when I bought them. The one that I'm driving currently I bought uh, because the engine was junk. I mean, it had a crack in the block. So I bought it for very cheap and I put the cheapest motor that I could find in it. And uh, then I have a car. So that's, that's generally how my car buying works. I don't, I don't understand how other people like go and like purchase running vehicles. That just doesn't make sense in my head. Yeah, that's us though. I mean, we have that, you know, we're, we're able to see through the machine, I guess you would say, because I like, I feel like a lot of people, they look at a machine or a car or a chainsaw or whatever it is, and they see the complete thing. They don't see individual components. Sure. Yeah. Like we, like we would, but, uh, like my five wheel jobby outside I've been working on mm-hmm. that thing. Anybody else would have fucking taken that to the scrapyard. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then, you know, you show it to me and all of a sudden I'm going googly eyes over the thing, just absolutely loving it. How, uh, mm-hmm. how's that project going? Have you, have you, how, how have you, have you done anything to it? Yeah. So I got the old carb right here and even though it was clean, the bowl gasket's fucked. Right. And I remember so, saying that. And it's so old. I can't find a bowl gasket for it. Really? So, yeah. So I went on Amazon and I bought a $16 Chinese one. Oh, geez. Whatever. We'll find out. <laughs> and and if it works, then I'll dig harder for a bowl gasket. But I had to swap over the throttle rod and do a little couple little modifications here and there. And why don't you just make one? What a bowl gasket? Yeah. I don't know. Because it's all janky. I don't like janky uh, shit. Okay. Anyways, but so I uh cleaned the gas tank out. Replace all the lines, new fuel filter, new fuel pump, because it's got a vacuum style pump. Mm-hmm. And uh, I heard it spit and sputter the other day, but it's got weak spark. Mm. But that's uh, the downfall of those engines. 
the specific one that's in that machine. And so there is a way if any four stroke engine has a pickup coil under the flywheel, you can rig up the Chinese CDI boxes to them and run a like, oh, I think it was $11 for the whole kit comes with CDI box ignition coil, all the wiring, everything. Yeah. You just, you just, you know, hook it up to that system and it goes off the pickup coil and it works. Cool. I just got to hook it up. I anticipated that being an issue and I was like, it's fucking $11. So it's like, uh, yeah, uh, that's nothing. I mean, uh, any, anybody who's ever been to the mechanic knows that, uh, auto parts are astronomically expensive. <laughs> I remember the first time we had to, uh, there was a issue with some of the taillights on some of the newer, like suburbans and Tahoes. And, it has like an LED strip in there as a couple of incandescent bulbs, but it's mostly LEDs that are in that thing. And it, it runs up like almost the entire, what would that be? D pillar. I mean, it runs up almost the entire thing. It's a huge, huge tail lamp. Would you like to, would you like to guess what the original cost um, or sorry, the original list price of one of those uh, tail lamps was 500 bucks. A thousand eleven hundred dollars. Jesus, that's insane. <laughs> For a tail lamp, dude. Yeah, and I mean, it just—I mean, it goes on and on from there. I—I I, I don't want to get into it because I'd be here all day. Like, uh, I remember the. Oh, never mind. Yeah, the 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 price of parts is ridiculous. Lawnmower parts are the same way. So, like, uh, like a lot of Kohlers have what's called a fuel solenoid on the bottom of the carburetor, and it's just a little. Mm-hmm little electric piston like just in or out that's all it is open or closed but it's got a rubber boot on the end of it to stop fuel flow right and if it fails it's 140 dollars through Kohler. holy crap for a two-wire solenoid one wire it's grounded through the it (laughs) grounds itself yeah it grounds through the carb (laughs) that's amazing yeah all it does is click Click, click. We save them. So if like, oh, yeah. we're th- if we're junking an engine or we'll pull the fuel solenoids off the carbs and throw them in our toolbox. Absolutely. Yeah. It's one of those things, man. That's crazy. See, that's the benefit. Like, you know, there's certain perks to having certain jobs. And like, like one of my perks is I get an endless supply of blown up chainsaws. I've got motors everywhere from like. There's a 13 horsepower Honda and an 18 horsepower Briggs and Stratton sitting on my floor, like right in front of me. I got a couple six horses upstairs for like go karts. You never know when you're going to need a motor. You, you just never know. Um, I'm actually trying to get rid of all that crap, man. I've got, I've got a fully assembled V6 down in the shop. Um, I've got probably two four cylinders, and then actually when I was a lot of people apparently don't know this, but my anvil stand is a small block Chevy that's been I noticed stood that. on its that's been stood on end. Uh, every once in a while, somebody will comment on like a reel or something and be like, "Wait a second, I never noticed that your anvil stand is an inch in block." And it's when I was down in the big shot when I was first getting bladesmithing, and I finally got a decent anvil. Well, it's a cheap ass anvil, but it's a decent anvil. 
I was like, oh, I got to get a better stand for this. And I was like, I don't really have any, you know, most people use like a large log or a stump or something. And it's like, I don't have anything that big, you know, that will provide enough stability. I'm like, how badass would it be if I could find an engine block? And so I was cleaning up my shop one day and I found an engine block in the corner. And I'm like, I don't even remember putting that there. Sweet. So I just grabbed it, stood it up on end, uh, popped the the dowel pins because there's dowel pins that help align the transmission. Mm-hmm. Pop those out and it sits flat on the ground right where the transmission would be the nice and flat. And then rigged up a couple of brackets to fold over little tabs to fold over the feet of the anvil. And you know how people talk about ring when they're setting up an anvil? A lot of guys will use like silicone and do a number of or the magnets, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. The ring on this thing, because of like the hollow cylinders, it was so loud. It was like I've spent a lot of my life listening to very loud metal music and harmed my ears, you know, working in a mechanic shop. It was so painful to hear the ring on this anvil. It was unbearable how loud it was once I stuck it on that engine block. So I found just a big old logging chain, wrapped it around the base of the anvil, and it's just been there ever since. I haven't even moved it since the first day I put it on there, and that just, I mean, that deadened the ring so well. I didn't know about magnets. I didn't know about silicone at the time. But, uh, yeah, just that chain just wrapped around the base of the anvil, just nice and dead in that sound. So it's been like that ever since. I haven't moved it. I can't remember who told me to do it, but somebody said use horse stall mat. Because mm, a yeah, horse stall that would be mat, a good thing. it's like three quarter inch thick, heavy fucking duty fiber reinforced rubber. You can make homemade yeah. body armor out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of my first jobs It will jobs stop a nine millimeter. Mucking... Oh, will it really? Yeah, I tested it. I didn't. I didn't... Nice. Who was wearing it? No, oh, nobody. I'm not insane. <laughs> Jesus. So we were going back to that Florida man story there for a second. But yeah, one of my first jobs no, was mucking stalls I, um, at a at a horse ranch. So I'm very familiar with stall mats. I don't know about you, Ryan. Okay, I don't know so where you'd get them. Oh, any any Go sort ahead. of equestrian supply or or um, you could probably get them from like any sort of like um, Tractor Supply Co. Tractor supply. or anything like that. But I mean, it's going to be expensive for a whole mat when all you need is a small piece. What you really ought to do is if you got in contact with a, a farm or something, whenever they're periodically, they change them out. Once they get too worn, especially on the edges, they start to um, get caught on the horse's hooves and stuff. They'll swap mm. them out. You could pick up an old one that wasn't, I mean, it'll be smelly, but you can clean it off and then just cut out a section that you need for anyways. Um, yeah, so I'm not a fan of box stores, but I'm sorry I cut you off again. Oh no, go ahead. It's really late, everybody. Just so you know. Uh, yeah, this is this is but after work day. I'll lo- podcast. I'll, I'll lose my thought if I don't say it here. I hate box stores, but I could get lost in a fucking tractor supply. Oh, it's they got store. some good shit, and oh my god, and like even the pet department, they got a pet section. I'm like, oh my god, there's all kinds of good dog treats and toys and food and. Yeah, mm-hmm. I bought my dog one of those like well, invincible to... Kongs there one time. It wasn't invincible. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing. Yeah. yeah. Anybody who came up with an invincible um, dog toy has never met a black lab before. 
or a hound. Vernie is a fucking destroyer, dude. <laughs> or like oh, those, uh, man. we have the, the, those fire hose toys. They're supposed to be indestructible. Sometimes you know it's like a mm-hmm. chunk of fire hose, and they like sew it with like squeakers on the inside to to taunt them. It, it just like goad them into madness to the point where they just rip it to shreds. Yeah, Vern destroys everything. So his breed is specifically known for destroying furniture. That's why they recommend crate training them. Well, in our in our we have like a sun porch on the back of our house and there's like a day bed that we call the bone throne, which was like for the dog. <laughs> and then there was a couch, an old couch that we took when we moved here that we brought with us. Well, Vernie, being the fucking genius that he is, lost his toy under the couch and decided mm-hmm. to go through the couch to get to the toy. <laughs> So he ripped the cushion off and then just started going to town on like, you know, the fabric and the springs and the filling and yeah. all that shit. Oh, yeah. I'm like, dude, good thing that wasn't the living room couch. Oh, my God. Mm. It's just it's funny. Yeah. I, he's just a riot. But yeah, tractor supplies. Awesome. See, this is why we have guests. Yeah, I'm an insane person talk about? and I'll just ramble. Oh, no, no, we're good. I remember I was going to talk about work ethic. So. I was recently talking to somebody and I'm not going to name names. This, you know, this isn't somebody that I know. I'm not like calling anybody out or like, you know, shit talking to anybody here, but there's an individual and she is recently single and she has a couple of kids and she's relying on a couple of sources of income that are supporting them in their house and stuff. And those sources are starting to dry up. And a good buddy of mine kind of was talking to this individual about this situation and said, basically, well, what jobs have you applied for? And she looked at him and went, uh, none. And he's like, well, why don't you just go apply at this place or this place or this place? They're all hiring. And I don't know if you've looked recently, but like places are paying like inflated prices to like get people in the door, like fast food jobs for like 18, 20 bucks an hour. Like, yeah, it, at least around here, uh, I'm sure it's different in different parts of the country, but, um, subway is paying 19 here for, for reference. If anybody's outside of the U S and you don't know what we're talking about, like when I was growing up, if you worked at a fast food restaurant, you were making under $10 an hour under like mm-hmm. sometimes well under, I mean, you were doing well if you were working at a fast food job and making 12 bucks an hour. That was considered winning at a fast food job. The starting pay was between seven and eight dollars. That's what I started at when I first got mine. Uh, it was seven dollars and some change. OK. Mine is five so, fifteen. Place, well, places are paying, you know, up to twenty dollars an hour for a very simple job. OK, not the greatest job, but a simple job. And she looked at him and said something along the lines of that would be embarrassing. Meanwhile, we're talking about a woman who has children that she needs to support. And she's concerned about it being embarrassing that she would have a job. How does that make you feel, Ryan? She should do only fans. Oh, geez. Is she hot? I don't know. Oh, uh, I think this is all too common in the world these days. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you. It it disgusted me to the point where I was kind of sick to my stomach. Like, I I can't even imagine being in a situation where I had people relying on me, let alone my own children, and and thinking that it was it would be embarrassing to have a job. Like, I can't I can't even fathom that sort of mentality. I think a lot of uh, women don't under don't realize that as unattractive as a lazy man is to a woman, a lazy woman is just as unattractive to a man. I do mm. not want to even be around lazy people. Yeah. It's contagious. You know, it is. That's it's true. Sickness. And I, yeah, I don't and, know. And that's was, all that is. That's just laziness. It was just baffling to me. Like I got my first job when I was 12 years old where I was working on a farm. I was doing landscaping. I was mucking stalls. Like we talked about, that's where this thought came from. Um, and I mean, I have, I have never like the longest that I've gone without a job was the time that I was in my, in the hospital when my brain exploded and I was <laughs> like, sorry, literally my brain exploded for me to stop working. Okay. Like that's, that's the longest I've gone in my life without a job. And that was probably six months. I would imagine from when my brain exploded and then like the cert certain uh, surgeries that happened after that and the time I spent in the hospital and everything. Um, but other than that, like I've always, always had a job. I've always worked. It's like, you know, part of my definition as a human being is to work. I can't even, I mean, and, and obviously I'm a man that's different than being a woman, but I mean, seeing yourself in that situation and not seeing that as even a possibility is just baffling to me. I don't think gender has anything to do with it. I think some people just have that fucking dog in them. And some people don't. And uh, like I I'm the same as you. I my first job I got, I was 10 or 11 and I was raking blueberries. And Mm. then when I turned 12, I traveled around to different fairs with my mom's friend who sold ice cream. He had like a, a little ice cream stand and I slept in a tent behind the ice cream stand for like weeks at a time. Yeah. And then I got a job when I turned the day I turned 16, I started at KFC Taco Bell and I worked there for like till I was 21. That was Mm -hmm. actually a fun job. That was an insanely fun job. (laughs) You know, and and that's I think that's the point is the joy can be found in work, even if it's not a great job. I mean, you can find joy in it. And I think there's this person, I can't remember who it was, but somebody was, I was listening to, and they were describing the difference between happiness and joy. And happiness is fleeting. Happiness is a feeling that you get, you know, when something good happens, you know, mm-hmm. whereas joy is something that you have to persevere to find. And joy can be found in anything, even hard things you can find joy in. And that's something that those of us who work have found in the satisfaction that we get through our labors. I think. Yeah. And it depends on your environment too. You know, like uh, we never had any money. So I was always like, well, I want some money. I guess I got to go figure out a way to get money. And I always, that's probably why I've done so many different jobs over the years. 
So like I left KFC Taco Bell and I got my first repair job and I was fixing Kirby vacuum cleaners. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) that was a weird job. Uh, And then I did carp finished carpentry for a while, rough framing, moved to California. I worked in an artisan bread bakery. Um, that was a cool job. Baking bread is like fun once you get good at it and because it's just satisfying. Yeah. It's just something cool about it. Um, I just want to see the dough rise. Yeah. Of all the jobs I've had in my entire life, like carpentry, everything, uh, making, even making knives where, you know, where you breathe in dust and baking was the hardest on my lungs. Because it was Why? always fl- flour in the air. Oh, I didn't even think about that. So you're breathing in fucking flour for eight hours a day at a time. And like it just it builds up in your lungs and you eventually absorb it or expel it. But like you it's nasty shit. It's bad for you. Well, I would think that a respirator would be a great thing. And if I was going to get a respirator or anything that I would need for knife making at all, like anything from like steel, uh, abrasives, etchant, uh, quench oil, something like that. Where would where would you go to find stuff like that? Maritime Knife Supply. He also carries Baker Forge stuff. <coughs> Even though Koi's on our intro, we're not sponsored by him yet. And I just want to say that the stainless Samai drop that they just put out, that stuff looks fucking awesome. Yes. Did you see it? I did see it. And it helps like it helps for me to love them because ADCRV2 is my favorite carbon steel and that's pretty much what they use for all their core material. I don't know why I just love ADCRV2. It's a pretty Anyways. Um, Yeah, go ahead. Lawrence carries ADCRV2 also. He does. He carries everything. He literally does. I can't even imagine what his storage area looks <laughs> like. All right. Let's hear from Luke Johnson of the Crafty Man Forge. Hustle and Grind is sponsored by Maritime Knife Supply. Whether you're looking for steel, abrasives, handle material, forges, epoxy, or anything for making in general, Maritime Knife Supply has you covered. And in the U.S. or Canada, they ship faster than the great Cobra Chicken Goosesses that their country is known for. Go to Maritime Knife Supply, and when you buy a 10-pack of belts, get 10% off. And tell them we sent you, eh? Eh? Thanks, Luke. Luke had a uh, pretty uh, pretty funny intro that he did to the uh, Work For It podcast this last yes, week. Yes, he did. He, uh, <laughs> that guy is hilarious. But yeah, he if if uh, if you're listening to this show and you've you've never listened to the Work For It podcast, uh, definitely go give them a listen and listen to this week's uh, this week's sh- this last week's show where uh, Luke ha- made an appearance in a uh, a song that he created for brian house which was quite enjoyable to listen to Mm, yeah and obviously everybody who listens to us already listens to the work for it but go listen to them again 
because you never know. There might be some people out there. You never know. But speaking of that ad and the Cobra chicken gooses, did you see that video I put in the group chat of the Cobra chickens out behind my house? I I figured that was probably out behind your house. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a humongous field behind my house and uh, all sorts of wildlife is always out there. There was like six deer out there when the sun was going down today. So, but the field is cut in half with a drainage ditch. And right after I sent you that message with the video of the Cobra chickens on the right side of the field, I look over on the left side of the field and there's a whole like flock of turkeys. Oh, really? And I was like, hmm, I wonder if they get along. And if they don't, am I about to see like a battle of the ages? Because there was literally like 40 Canadian geese. Oh, yeah. And and probably an equal amount of turkeys. So that would have been quite the battle. That's a lot of turkeys. Mm. The cobra chickens versus the turkeys. Mm. Speaking of we battles. Get, we get big ahead. ass turkeys around here. Do you really they get big? Yeah. Fuck, oh, yeah, they get fucking big. Well, and they, 30, got, 40 they got pounders. big spurs on them and everything, too. I don't know. But did you see my video about the bite force of a freaking gooses? The, the, the gooses? Yeah, and they're mean, dude. Dude, they These have a bite mean. force almost as strong as a pit bull. Like, real close. I couldn't believe it when I when I read that. Yeah. I mean, That's maybe it's crazy. just too much too much weed, but I started playing it out in my head and I was like, I was like, I've really got to give it to the geese. They got those long necks. They're they're when they're like sitting, they're scrunched up, but when they stand up and open their wings, they're fucking massive. Oh yeah. They're and tall. they're mean. My cat was eyeballing them, and I was like, I dare you. I double dare you. Uh-huh. To go over there. <laughs> you're going to get, the, speaking of effing around and finding out, that would be a finding out the strategy right there. Um, yeah. But yeah, so uh, for those of you who maybe haven't heard past shows, I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to the Lord of the Rings. Um, so we should talk about knives after this. Uh, I recently found out that uh, <laughs> Andy Serkis, the actor who plays and does the voice of Gollum in the original um, trilogy, he does an audiobook. He reads um, actually all of the trilogy and The Hobbit, but he also recently did an audiobook of The Silmarillion, which, if none of you are nerds like I am, uh, that's basically the main book of what happened before the Lord of the Rings trilogy, like including like the making of the world in in the Tolkien universe and like everything. And it, it is it's a like, it's the Morgoth era, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's like the coming yeah. of Morgoth and like all the battles that happened before. So like when you're watching the movies and you're seeing all these ruins of like places that used to be, but don't anymore. Like this is the story of like those things that happened before. Tolkien I have always wanted to read a- it. He was such oh a fucking gosh. genius. It's incredible. Like his mind is insane to be able to create all this. And you have to think about it. Like this was written in what? 1930s, something like that. I mean, way back. So like any fantasy that you know today exists because of this. Like no one else thought of this stuff before Tolkien. Like this is so deep and so rich, like this history that he's created in his mind. It's unbelievable. 
but the voice of Andy Serkis is fantastic. And I've always wanted to be able to read the Silmarillion, but I can't read at all because I get distracted because I have ADHD and I get hung up on words. And then I can't like read past certain words that I get hung up on. And then I have to go back and like reread stuff because I wasn't paying attention when I was reading like the last paragraph. And it's especially true of like a, a book like that, that is so filled with like, names and like words of places that don't exist in the real world. So you're trying to like figure it out in your head at the same time. So the audiobook was perfect for me and in true, um, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Whatever ADHD fashion. I started listening to it and I couldn't stop. So it's like a 19 hour audiobook, close to 20 hour audiobook, And I listened to it all this week while I was at work and stuff. And so I haven't listened like, you guys know like what a music person I am. I haven't listened to any music at all this week. Cause I was so obsessed and I like listened to this only for like the entire week. It was so freaking good. So if anybody out there is a fan of Tolkien, you know, the Silmarillion's a bit, it's a bit heavy. So maybe go check out the other books read by Andy circus. Um, it was fantastic. And I highly recommend it. Um, Ryan, do you have anything knife related to talk about? Yeah. Uh, so that collaboration knife that we did, yeah, I am going to start the raffle for that on September 1st and it's going to be $10 a spot, unlimited spots, and it's going to run the entire month of September. And for those on the YouTube, it's this knife or keep an eye out and I'll make the post. I'm super proud of this one. If there was anyone that I would have wanted to keep, it was this one. You know what I like about that knife the most? I like the K-tip that you did on it because it's not a perfectly flat K-tip. It has a slight radius to it, right? Mm-hmm. That is, I do that. I, I don't know why I do that, but I, I like it. It sets it off, man. It, it really It's a nice touch. I like subtle things that people put in their blades that really set it off. And, and you know, the casual observer might not know what it is that sets it off, but I like to look for, and I find those little details in people's work that was like, oh, that's what he did different. Like, that's what makes it that much different and cooler than, than something else, you know? Right. And we're holding this raffle. It's a collaboration for the two of us. And the proceeds are going to go to new microphones because we are using shit Amazon $20 microphones. And you might not realize that in Ryan's case, because his voice is deep and sounds good and rich, but um, my voice might actually sound, you know, somewhat decent if it was in a decent microphone. So, and the, and both of us have shitty booms. So if we touch him at all, <laughs> it's like fucking. Or if Ryan shakes his leg. Yep. And my, my arm is touching the boom. Or as Pickle says, if Ryan's jerking off on the show. Thanks, Pickle. Yeah. For, for, the, for those of you who don't watch the video, you have no idea. But when, when Ryan's, you know, you've all met a leg shaker in the past. You know, they just sit there and, and shake their leg because they can't stand being static. Ryan's one of those people. But every once I in am. a while, it'll just like hit the boom of the mic and it'll just be this awful noise and I'll have to tell Ryan to stop it. Yeah. I'm a habitual leg shaker. I do it all the time. I can't, I can never be still. Even when I'm sleeping, I rock back and forth. It's like a regular Elvis Presley up in here, shaking the leg. My fucking wife hates it. We have separate blankets. (laughs) 
and a king size uh, bed. My wife would probably like that. Yeah. So I that raffle is going to be going up soon. I'll run it for the whole month, and oh yeah, we got whoever distracted gets again. it gets the beautiful knife. It is a beautiful knife. I was hoping he did a killer job with it. Thanks, buddy. The guard is Makume, made by Stormlight Forge. With the oh, white Stormlight spacer. Makume. I was gonna, that's actually what I was going to yeah. ask next was where that where that Makume came from. Yeah, nice, so the Darren. guard is Makume. And then white G10 and then stabilized curly Koa for the handle. Sexy. This Koa is like the best wood. Yes. It's even easy to work with. Oh, yeah. I love Koa so I would much. compare it to like slightly harder than maple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, would, uh, like I don't know. Maple's so variable, though, because there's harder maple and then there's softer maple. So I, I feel like that's it's it's kind of weird because I've worked with a couple pieces of maple, particularly, and this is odd, particularly the wood that's maple that I've gotten from Rob's Wildwood tends to be harder than the maple that I get from other suppliers. And they're they're well, all stabilized by a KNG, but the density of the wood for some reason seems to be different. Like maple's so there's such a variable in the species is rock maple and then there's i don't have any rock maple i've got which is rock maple's hard as a motherfucker and then Mm -hmm. you've got i've got a ton of silver maple which is on the softer end of the maple spectrum but it stabilizes like a dream it's like the easiest wood in the in the world to stabilize it sucks it right up um and you know sugar maple there's all kinds of them I don't know why, but silver maple just sounds ideal to me. Maybe it's because it puts me in mind of Lothlorien, where they have the trees with the silver bark. There's a lot of silver maple around here, and it seems to be a tree that's prone to like deformities. Because mm. there's a stretch of five of them on the main road, like the next street over from my house, and they're all just fucking gnarly, and, like not even burled, just like super curly and wavy and just like the you can tell even from the road i'm like oh, huh. i want i want to cut those down but they're like 36 <laughs> they're big trees they're like 36 inches at the butt oh geez yeah i mean that burl i got was 32 inches and it was 20 feet off the ground i know that's crazy to me um i actually i just sent off my first box of wood to be stabilized by uh k and g so I am super excited. I had that box of Koa that we talked about that I sent off. Um, I have some more that I'll probably end up sending to you, but it's not fully dry. So I've got it up on my shelf where I'm going to forget about it because it's out of my sight. So it's completely out of my mind. So I'll let that dry for quite a while. And then I'll probably, mm-hmm. I'll do some to KNG. I'll send some to you, but I just love Koa so much. It, it It's the colors of it are so variable but the most common is just that deep copper, that kind of almost golden, golden copper brown that you just don't get from many other woods. I know we have some Australian listeners that are really big fans of things like Gigi. And they actually, Australia is is home to quite a few. This was, um, shout out to Ben Cutts uh, Knife Works, opened my eyes a little bit to the variety of different hardwoods that they have down there. They're actually 
blessed with quite a few different varieties that can be um, stabilized and also not stabilized. Like Gigi, for instance, is a super dense wood. I th- Wait, am I am I correct in that? Does Gigi stabilize or is it not? I have no idea. I've never heard of it. If any of our listeners, though, in these other countries or areas of the world want to trade woods, because I like to have a variety and I've got red oak burl, maple burl, uh, uh, I'm stoned, sorry, black cherry burl, regular cherry burl, micarta. I'd love to trade for some like other worldly woods from all over the place. That's Speaking cool of my micarta, I I, sh- I slabbed up all those slabs. Yeah, and uh, I sold them all. Did you really? Good for you, man. You'll be seeing a lot of my my that micarta. I can't call it my micarta because I don't make micarta, but that micarta that I've got a lot of um, mm. on sharky sharky scales coming. Ooh, soon. nice. That's freaking awesome, yeah. dude. Good for you. I'm happy you're able to spread it around a little bit. That's super cool. Um, question low, about though. the a question about the cherry burl. So does cherry burl the same way that you see it on other trees where it just comes off the side in a burl like that? Cherry, in my experience, burls very easily for some reason, like to the point where there'll be tiny ones on the twigs. Mm. And all the ones I've seen, they engulf the entire trunk of the tree. Gotcha. Okay. So if that's the case, then because I'm not learned in wood lore, but uh, I have the entire trunk of a cherry tree that got cut out of my backyard when I was reshaping my backyard and I saved the whole trunk. And so it's got the whole bottom part, which kind of looks like a burl, but I wasn't sure. It's got probably a three to four foot trunk. And then you know how cherries are, are pruned so that it goes straight up and then they all branch out from the top. Are you talking like an actual, actual like cherries? Like it makes fruit. Yeah. No, this is different. This is cherry. Like they call it cherry because the wood is red, but it's not like a cherry tree that is like a, no, it doesn't, it doesn't make any fruit. So it's it's a, it's a hardwood. Well, so is cherry. Yeah, but it doesn't make fruit. fruit trees. It's just, yeah, it's a red cherry. Does black cherry and red cherry. Oh, well, I don't know anything then. And then there's like cherry cherries, like cherry trees that make fruit. Well, then shoot. Yeah, I have no idea what I'm talking about then. Darn it. Oh. And well, anyways. cherry cherry wood burls, like I've got, they're very obvious. It's like a fucking pumpkin, like on the center of the tree. Hmm. Okay. Well, I saved the trunk of a cherry tree, so I have some cherry wood. Maybe it's just firewood. I don't know. But it's literally, it's been in my big shop. Even now that it's my wife's shop, it's been down there for probably the entirety of the time that I've been making knives. So it's probably three years old. So it's probably pretty dry, I would imagine. One of these days, I'm going to cut it up and see if there's any usable burl in there. Yeah, or even if the grain looks cool, if it's curly or wavy or flame or quilted, whatever the fuck. I don't know the difference between them all, but if it yeah. looks cool, use it. Help, screw it. I don't, I don't have like a full-size bandsaw. I don't know how I would cut it up very well. 
Do you have a table saw? Yeah. You could just run it through a table saw and then flip it over. Oh, okay. Yeah, I could do that. And then you'd have yeah. one flat side and that, yeah. Table saw scare could... the shit out of me, dude. <laughs> yeah, same. Mine doesn't get used very often. I tried to use it once when I was, so when I first got that, um, my Carta from you, I tried to cut it on the bandsaw, <laughs> but it's kind of like a crappy old bandsaw. So I'm not sure exactly how like straight the fence was on it and all anyways, it ended up like filling half the shop with smoke and just burning and it was awful. Yeah. I didn't try I it again. Found- in breaking all of this up, this huge block that I had, my table saw with a Diablo general purpose blade cuts it the best. And that you're talking about the micarta, right? Yeah, the micarta. Because that stuff huh. is brutal. I was cutting oh, a yeah. piece on on my table saw one day, and a tooth caught the micarta and just stopped my table saw dead in its tracks. Like I, I must have pushed too hard. It, it bent the fucking blade. It broke that little like guard that sits around your blade. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. Scared the shit out of me. Was the was the belt just like spinning or is it a belt driven What do you mean? Motor? No, like, on the my, table saw. Mine's itself. direct drive. Oh. Yeah, mine's yeah. direct drive. Blades right on the right on the motor. Gotcha. Stopped at dead okay. inch tracks. Poof, shut it right off. I was like, holy crap. Scared the hell out of me. Bent the blade. <laughs> I've caught it. I've caught it in my chop saw too. Had it bind up and friggin' bend the blade on my chop saw. It's super rugged. Oh, my carta. I've got a. I've got a chop saw that would probably work really well for cutting up that uh, that cherry. Mm-hmm. Just like chainsaw it into manageable chunks and then slice it up with the the chop saw. That's probably a good idea. Yeah, that's that's what I do with a lot of like if I get like a. My the guy that gives me firewood for the shop, I trade knives for firewood with him. But when mm-hmm. he's splitting firewood, if he splits something and it's curly, he sets it aside for me. It's like right. a Ryan pile. There's a Ryan pile. That's so cute. I'm bad at burning wood too, because I'll like save pieces of my firewood and be like, I'm gonna use this for a handle someday. <laughs> and then <laughs> so, and then I never end up I've got too much wood. I'm trying to remember if there's like anything that important that we should talk about on the show. I think I saw Maximus was doing um, Neil from Maximus Knives. He's doing a either a waffle or some sort of fundraiser. I saw he had a really slick like wallet that had like a sheath that was integral inside the sheath that some leather maker had done. So shout out to Maximus. Oh uh, yeah, he's, he slid his little mamba in there. That's a cool yeah. idea. Having a little like, I never would have thought about it's like that. a chain That's wallet, cool. like a like an old school rectangular chain wallet, and one half it's of a it big has, one for sure. Yeah, has an EDC in it. Yeah, it's a slick little deal. So anybody listening, go check out Maximus Knives. I think the spots were only like ten bucks a piece. It was super. I don't quote me on that, um, but I want to say that was the case. But yeah, anyways, yeah, go we'll go Maximus to our Knives. raffle first, and then go over to Neil's raffle with whatever you've got. Left. Right? Yeah, of course. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, his is running but, right now, and ours is going to start soon, so it's it's okay. That's true. Do we want to? We haven't true. had a chance to read off the patrons. Do you want to read off the patrons um, while yeah, we're doing the it. show? Yeah, we slack. We're that, trying to focus. I apologize. On 
Well, no, normally we have guests and we're trying to focus on the guest and we're trying to, you know, showcase them so that people have, you know, somebody interesting to listen to and not just us. So we try not to go off on too many tangents. We have 47 active patrons. Good Lord. 47. Thank you, guys. That's awesome. Yes. Our newest one is our homie, Micah Dunn. Oh, Micah, I love you, buddy. And then we got Joe Atalano. Sorry if I mispronounce that. Chaz Belongi. Ben Cuts Knife Works. Not that prick Jacob McNamara is what it says. <laughs> I don't know who Jacob uh, McNamara is, but uh, Brad at Brad's Customs. David Burke. Donovan Shelton. CJ Miller. Bob Gore. Reese McVicker. James Buck. Toby is a massive dork. That's Matt Bicker at DIY <laughs> Europe. <laughs> so fi- finish Bol- reading these off and, and then and then we'll give these give our listeners some context. Okay. Matt Baldwin at Baldwin Blades. Brent Dignam at Crosspeen Forge. Ameribraid. Travis Haynes at Bird Forge. Colin of Hayworth Handmade. Jeremy Ballaball of 419 Forging. Wood by Moeller, Alexander Sloat at Devlin Forge, Brian Hunt at Hidden Rose Forge, Will from Maine, super cool dude, as all, well, most people from Maine are, B. Cone, Jared Weaver at Weaver's Custom Metalworks, or the Master of Metal Manipulation, Maximus Knives, Ira Housework, Chris Magnus, Darren at Stormlight Forge, Chris Magnus' Timber Tiger Forge, Bremner Built Knives, Sour Wood Creations, that's Eric Andrews, Jared at Echo Blades, Tortuga Blade Works, Crafty Man Forge, Toby is a Prince Among Men, that's Noah Bloomberg, Driver Defense Knives, Maritime Knife Supply, Zachary Sowell at Pattern Nostri Fabrica, Trox Claire Custom Cutlery, Dennis Tyrell at Tyrell Knife Works, Todd Harrington at TH Blades, BexArmory.com, Mark Vanderwerf, Mark LeBlanc, that's Papa Hatchy Axe, our short fat friend Brigham Kendall, Rue Bladeworks, KnifeMaterial.at, and Donnie Dulovich. Okay, that so like... Is, it's growing exponentially, and we love you, and thank you so much. Absolutely. You guys are fantastic. We really appreciate you all supporting the show. I had like five things I wanted to say about like multiple people. The first thing I'm going to say, one of you guys reached out to me and you wanted to do a collaboration. I get many DMS a day and I do not remember which one of you it was. So if you reach out to me a while ago and wanted to do a collaboration, please reach out to me again. Um, and we'll we'll try and make that happen. Um, secondly, you said Will from Maine is awesome. I totally agree. Will has been helping me out. I bought a 3D printer. And I've been wanting to buy a 3D printer for a while. But I have no knowledge of anything to do with that. I've never done CAD. I've never done any kind of 3D printing. Will from Maine helped me out significantly. I got an Ender, Ender 3 Pro... 
something there uh, like axiom or anyways there was another word on the end of that that basically had a couple of things that, on it that were upgraded from the original ender 3 <clears throat> that uh were things that um will said were things that he had upgraded when he got his original ender 3 so it is something that i'm going to be able to use my oldest son is really excited i bought it for myself, but also so that he can learn. I want him to learn CAD. I want him to learn 3D printing because it's going to be an invaluable skill, I think, in the world moving ahead to get him on that page. Um, he already comes out in the shop and makes stuff with me all the time. I know he's got the mind for it, so I'm really excited to get him into something like that. And Will um, Spruce.Hill.Studio was a huge help, so sh- huge shout out to him for that. Also, the reason that some of those names sounded a little bit odd is if you guys don't listen to the Fire and Steel podcast, you won't understand. But basically, there's kind of a a, a thing that they're doing when they read off their patrons will, where they'll slag them off or whatever. So people have been changing their names on there. I've changed my name a couple of times on Patreon just to mess with Toby and Honor. And I'm happy to report that uh, when I said that Toby was a prince among men, uh, it made Honor very angry, and he told me to sort my life out, um, which was my goal, just <laughs> to make him angry. So uh, success there. So I'm very happy to report that I was perfectly capable of making Honor uncomfortable and annoyed. So job done. It's It's hilarious how similar our shows are. Because Honor and I get along great and we have the same sense of humor and it's just fucking, we just, we vibe, we're, you know, whatever, he's my bruh. And you and Toby are more alike. Oh, we're very similar. It's insane. Like the amount of stuff that he says, it's like, okay, well, yeah. Um, They call him tradies over there who are, you know, blue collar guys over here. Um, He's been a tradie his whole life. I mean, I think we have similar backgrounds. I mean, he's. ADHD like I am where he can't remember people's names, even though they just, he just talked to them, you know, minutes ago. Like it's, it's quite a similar vibe. And you guys are very, you're both very clean cut in your appearance and honor. And I both look like (laughs) tattooed homeless guys. (laughs) That's a good point. Yes. Toby and I are the handsome ones. You're right. I didn't even think about that. I think Toby might married. Honor's married to a tattoo artist, and two of my brothers are tattoo artists. Yeah. I think Toby has to be beat in the, in the handsomeness department, though. Maybe if you grew a mustache, then then he'd be even, even further. But I don't know if he can do that. No homo. I think you got him beat. Oh, bro. I appreciate that. Thank you. He He's Australian, dude. That means a lot, Ain't dude, because that-, that guy's handsome. Uh, anyways we should probably end this show oh go ahead man i can't wait till we do a crossover episode it's gonna be chaos it is we should do it for christmas we should do a christmas episode Ooh, that's a good idea i like that christmas special yeah we're Love really it. slacking on the hunks of knife making calendar. Oh, geez. It's almost September. Yeah. I was thinking, I hey. was like, damn, we're, we're like really, 
we're, we're sucking at this. <laughs> okay. So, well, it was, it was kind of my <clears throat> idea. So I should probably get that going soon here. Not that, you know, I need another thing to do. So if you're listening to this show and I've already reached out to you saying that you needed to be a part of this calendar, here's what I need from you. I need high resolution photos. Okay. I, I, I appreciate that your, your Instagram photos look amazing with your iPhone, but that will not cut it in a large printed format, like in a calendar, the pixels just, it'll come out grainy. It's not going to look good. Um, I need a high resolution photo of you in a PT 13. Would you say? I was going to say borderline PG to PG 13. Yeah. Somewhere in the middle there. Okay. We want, I, we want, I don't want to see, I don't want to see any man titties. You know, like we want people to want to buy this calendar. That's true. Yeah. If you've ever seen your fucking brains, use your brains. Don't send me pornographic material because I'm going to be angry. <laughs> and I here here's here's the thing, okay? If you send me some pornographic material that makes me cringe, I will blast you on this podcast, okay? So keep that in mind. I have a podcast and I will use it. So I need some some sensual photos that are tasteful, okay? Yeah. I need if you've ever seen a fireman calendar, it's corny. It's stupid, but it's funny. Okay. And that's what we're going for with this calendar. And it's going to be for a great cause. So I appreciate everybody who's willing to do this, but it needs to be a high resolution photo, (laughs) tasteful, and it needs to showcase knife making. If you're a stock removal guy, grinder, if you're a forging guy, forge, anvil, hammers in your shop, that sort of thing. You know somebody that has a Canon or a Nikon or some sort of, you know, nice camera that can take a good high resolution photo um, and someone that can edit it, I would hope, because I don't want to try and edit photos in raw or anything like that because I'm no good at it. So and when I say raw, I'm not talking about anything sexual. I'm talking about the fact that most photographers take photos in what's called raw format. So, and then it's edited down to the pictures that you see from there. Um, if anybody is not familiar with photography. So anyways, that's what I'm looking for. I'm saying it here. Um, and then I'll hopefully reach out to more people, um, as we get further along, because I'd like to have these lined up and ready to go right around Christmas time so that we can get these calendars out for the new year. Yeah. Do I have a plan? No. Am I going to make it happen anyways? Yes. We're probably going to have to do pre-sales to generate the money to pay for the calendars. Yes, exactly. Because it's going to cost a lot to print them. So it'll probably almost all be on like a pre-sale basis. So the amount of calendars that I sell, I'll print that much, you know, plus X amount to to try and sell after the fact as well. Yep. And to remind everybody, all, all the profits from this are going towards paying for classes for younger makers. Yes, this is going to be none a of good us cause. Fucks. We can fend for ourselves. When I say younger, I'm thinking like ages 14 to 18, maybe 14 to 20, something in there. Well, you know what we should do is we should we should reach out to somebody who's done this sort of thing in the in in the past. So we could talk about that in the after show. 
We've been at this for an hour and seven minutes. Those of you who aren't part of those 47 people, you don't get to listen to the logistics of this and the ridiculous things that we're going to say on the after show. If you are one of those 47 people, we love you. We appreciate you. And you're going to get to listen to more of this because we're going to switch over to the after show and you're going to get a whole lot more. If you go to patreon.com backslash hustle and grind, you're going to click that button and you're going to get all past after shows, all present and all future after shows that we will do here on the hustle and grind. And some of them are juicy, voluptuous and just downright fantastic. So yeah, go do that. And also hydrate, you should go buy Phoenix abrasives. You should. And I'm going to play that ad before I play the outro okay. music, but I appreciate you should that. also go to liquidiv.com and use promo code hustle 10 for 20% off to keep yourself hydrated and at peak tip top performance. This is very true. Those of you who, in, who are uh, suffering in Texas, all of my Texas knife makers out there, I, I feel for you. It's been over a hundred here too. Um, I know it's not as bad as it is down there in Texas, but staying hydrated is important. I drink liquid IV every single day to try and keep myself feeling to where I can actually think to diagnose vehicles, where I can think to know how to move steel um, and to not get so dehydrated that uh, that I can't do a show <laughs> on this show like I did one week. Um, so, yeah, definitely keep yourself hydrated. Uh, liquid IV keeps you hydrated twice as good as water alone. One liquid IV is the equivalent of two of this same size bottles of water. And uh, it keeps you hydrated. It tastes a little salty because that's that salty goodness. Just like when you're drink- drinking Gatorade, something like that. It's got electrolytes in there that are good for you. Uh, check out the sea berry flavor. I still don't know what a sea berry is, but it tastes delicious. And uh, I love the stuff. Um, I've been experimenting with the liquid IV energy packets. So it's the same hydration that you normally get, but it has a little bit of uh, a little bit of vitamins in there and stuff to keep you going. So I've been abusing the caffeine a little bit lately. So I'm trying to taper off of that and drinking that liquid IV energy has been helping me to do that. So highly recommend you guys check that out and keep in mind when you're using that hustle time, the hustle 10 um, code on the website for liquid IV, you're going to get it cheaper than you can buy it anywhere in stores. And that includes the bigger box stores where you can buy stuff in bulk. You know, that one store that, that sells stuff in bulk, it's cheaper than there. So keep that in mind. They ship quickly. They ship. I think it's shipped free. Um, I have to double check that. But yeah, uh, it's fantastic stuff. I use it every day and I think you should too. So there you go. And I just want to go on the record and say I don't feel bad for the makers in Texas because they know where they live. (laughs) That's why we that's why we make a good combo. Oh, man. I'm like, you know where you live. It's like living in Brutal. Tornado Alley and then and then crying that your house gets blown away. It's like, I live in Maine. It's frozen here six months out of the year. I do it to myself. It's self-inflicted. I had $720 well, worth of oil delivered today, and I was like, ah, <laughs> fucking crying. Well, at least you have one of our sympathies. Yeah. Let's hear from Luke on uh, about uh, Phoenix Embraces real quick, and then we'll call it a show. Okay. Yeah, we're rambling hardcore. 
Hustle and Grind podcast is sponsored by Phoenix Abrasives, your one-stop abrasive shop. When you go to phoenixabrasives.com, click the shop icon in the upper right-hand corner to find all the abrasives you'll ever need. Check out the Incinerator 36-grit ceramic belts, along with the Trizact gator belts that the host of Hustle and Grind use every day. Every day. Use code HUSTLE10 for 10% off your entire order. Bye, everybody. Y'all have a good week. We'll talk to you next week. Unless you're a Patreon subscriber, in which case we'll talk to you very soon. Very soon. Bye. Bye.